Hanukon. 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 You're listening to Hanukon Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Hanukon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Paige Willett. This episode is all about COVID-19. Travel members around the world tell us how their lives have been affected. We'll also talk to CPN's lead doctors heading the CPN COVID-19 Task Force. Recently, Dr. Adam Vassalero sat down with Hanukkah Podcast via Zoom. Vassalero is a family physician and chief medical officer of CPN Health Services. We discussed what health services' response to COVID-19 has looked like over the past couple of months and plans into the future. The symptoms were incredibly vague, generalized, fever, cough, shortness of breath. Um, being from Oklahoma, we're sitting here in allergy season and the symptom of cough in allergy season in Oklahoma is not necessarily an uncommon symptom. So we've just had to um, err on the side of caution. And if you had any of those symptoms, screen slash triage you through our COVID-19 tents, which have worked wonderfully for evaluation. Tell me some about the tents then. How have you all been using those? What different places have those uh, been constructed? So CPNHS and CPN together have been concerned about COVID-19 since February, March, late February, early March, and a team was formed that included CPN administration, Chairman, Vice Chairman, Richard Brown, Tim Zentek, myself. It was determined early on that these patients and the evaluation of patients with COVID-19 symptoms needed to be done outside of our traditional clinics for the safety of the patients, the employees, the other patients, etc. Tim Zentek and his emergency management staff quickly set up two pressurized COVID-19 tents, one at the West Clinic and one at the East Clinic. And ever since then, we have triage screened all patients with any COVID symptoms. The early ones, which again were fever or cough or shortness of breath. Now some of the later ones that include loss of taste and smell and certain rashes on the feet um, get screened to the tent just for the safest evaluation manner possible. So how else has CPN Health Services been looking to serve and protect patients and staff at this time. We've had to be extra careful to make sure there weren't any unnecessary contacts and transmission of the disease. Our tents have worked very well. It's just been wonderful. Other things we've done are pharmacy pickup at the door. We are not allowing visitors in. We really only allow acute cases or chronic serious non-COVID symptom cases that need to be worked up, like if you have a mass that could be cancer, naturally we're not going to delay that and we're going to get to the evaluation you need. As soon as we got our first case within CPNHS, we took everything to telehealth. 
we have actually set up our telehealth in a HIPAA privacy compliant way. Depending on how well it worked, it would give us the option to continue it after uh, the COVID crisis. And so it's been a, um, it's been a, a very good learning experience. How do you feel health services response and the tribe's response in general um, has been proactive as opposed to reactive? Oh, we have been way ahead of the curve. Uh, I personally was concerned about this January, February, and have been monitoring it myself. And then Bill Gates wrote, wrote an article in the New England Journal on, I believe, February 28th, and that's really when we went into action and formed a COVID-19 team slash task force um, and started um, just making plans and what would happen is we would make plans and we'd get to the point where we're like okay the plans are up to date until x happens well those first things happened in days it seemed like every few days we were ratcheting up our safety measures and plans and until it culminated with when we actually diagnosed our first case in-house things back then were were rather gloomy um the best analogy I have is I was comparing it to a fire over the ridge and you could see the glow, you could see it coming, but we didn't know when it got here if it was going to be a forest fire or a grass fire. Well, thankfully, due to all the social distancing and stay at home uh, orders and closing the schools, it's turned into a grass fire. We're now opening things back up and we're going to see if things are going to pick up or stay tamped down. Um, just the nation as, as a whole, the collaboration between human resources and emergency management and CPN administration and uh, health services administration, we've all been on the same page because we have common goals. We just want to keep everybody safe. So what sort of advice and tips would you give people to keep themselves and their families healthy as they start to maybe go out shopping again or you know maybe try to visit a restaurant we we are we are opening you know not we're trying not to be overly cautious but we are um, still being more cautious in the surrounding state you know the reality of it is things are getting better but people need to understand that this is real um, they don't need to be scared but they don't need to be naive either this is real. It's primarily transmitted by respiratory droplets. The, well, the wearing of masks and social distancing is so important. The wearing of masks is, is probably the most important. Hand washing, cleanliness, uh, hygiene is so important. Soap and water kills COVID-19. It does. You know, they need to avoid excessively large groups. If they do get into groups, they need to be socially distanced. Um, you know, not necessarily everybody, but f the families that have already been around each other can get together, but anybody outside of that family unit needs to be, you know, six feet away. Um, it seems like everyone is still kind of talking about testing too. Um, what kind of testing has CPN Health Services done and antibodies testing seems to be a bit on everyone's mind as well. So testing has been early on frustrating. Currently, it is good. It's not great yet, but it's good to very good. Um, 
one of the collaborations we had was with IHS. They were able to procure some Abbott ID Now machines, which are good machines. We're learning they've got some shortcomings, but overall they're good for nasal, nasal pharyngeal PCR testing. That gave us the ability to get results within 30 minutes. That was about three weeks ago. Um, you know, today's May 15th. About two weeks ago, we got the ability through Diagnostic Lab of Oklahoma to run COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, IgG antibody testing, and that's the type of antibody that tends to give longer-term immunity. And that's actually been very, very helpful. Um, you know, I've personally called and contacted all of uh, the health system's COVID-19 patients, and there were lots of concerns and questions of, am I better? Am I immune? What do I do? Where do I go? And so the answer is we just, um, I just started retesting them again to make sure their PCR was negative, but to also see if they were developing antibodies. And the good news I can share with you today is that almost all of our patients that have recovered from COVID-19, um, have developed the IgG antibody, and I did use our available testing through DLO to confirm that. So CPN Enterprises um, have been reopening as well. What kind of role has CPN HS played in making new protocols and keeping things safe? There's not a one-size-fits-all, and so there was a need to identify the differences and specifically apply things on a case-by-case -case basis. Again, it's been a team effort. I, I couldn't have done it without Dr. Rosellis, uh, Richard Brown, Tim Zentech. It just, it, it would have been even way over my head. Well, in what ways is the whole team working to stay ahead of that preparedness curve coming in the months ahead, it still seems like we've got a ways to go. We are in a much better place than we were. I do want people to have hope because today we actually have real-time testing. Today I have antibody testing. There are convalescent plasma transfusions. We understand more about the disease. Um, we do need to open up. We do need to get our society going again, but it needs to be in a safe manner that fits local communities and their current situation of the outbreak. And we're going to be at a new normal, meaning things aren't gonna be like they were before. They'll be better, but until there's a vaccine and or until 80% of the population in, the, in an area has antibodies or herd immunity occurs. We all just have to take some types of safety precautions, social distancing, mask wearing, and, and be aware. Visit cpn.news backslash COVID-19 for up-to-date information regarding CPN businesses, healthcare, and more.
we asked Citizen Potawatomi members to reach out and tell us their stories and experiences regarding the global pandemic, and you all answered from across the country. A few were also kind enough to record themselves at the beginning of May, talking about their day-to-day lives, working in healthcare, starting new jobs, and shining a light on an often forgotten sector of the travel industry. My name is Ashley Putre. I live in Sacramento, California, and I'm a descendant of Theodore A. Pierce. I am the front desk supervisor at an international youth hostel in downtown Sacramento. This is typically the beginning of our busiest season with international and domestic travelers. However, the first three weeks of March consisted only of cancellations and fear of the impending pandemic. On March 21st, we temporarily closed due to concerns regarding COVID-19. And while we initially planned to reopen May 1st, it quickly became clear that would not be the case. As a result of the closure, my front desk team was temporarily laid off, including my partner of four years. As part of the management team, my hours were initially reduced from 40 to 16 hours per week in order to maintain the property. My team had to apply for unemployment and I applied for reduced hours benefits. Around the second week of April, I received news that my general manager and I would have our hours reduced even further. Thankfully, I have started receiving consistent benefits from the state, which have alleviated most of my financial concerns. We hope to open June 1st, and the organization I work for will continue to cover healthcare benefits through the closure. My biggest concerns now are how staffing and hours might be affected once we reopen. It is likely that my hours won't return to full-time status anytime soon, and I'm concerned what my finances will be like once the supplemental assistance from the CARES Act ends. Even if the local economy opens, so to speak, it does not mean that we will immediately begin receiving guests, especially international travelers, since everyone will still be on edge or focusing on other priorities before travel. My plan is to save as much as I can so I can cover my expenses in the event that the timing of all these factors do not match up. I'm expecting this to have a huge ripple effect on the travel and tourism industry for the next couple of years, but we're resourceful and I'm confident that we'll make it through. Other than that, I'm trying to focus on staying positive, keeping myself physically active, as well as creative. In fact, I have taken up beading after purchasing a kit from the CPN online shop, which has been soothing and a great way to pass the time. Bonjour. My name is Sam James. I'm a descendant of the Higby family and live in the Fort Worth, Texas area. I'm a registered nurse and work in a pediatric orthopedic clinic in Fort Worth. My wife is also a registered nurse. She works in a director role for a local school district. This COVID-19 outbreak has dramatically changed our world. Our two children have been out of school for over three weeks now and are doing distance learning. I am truly blessed Since my wife works for a school district, she is working from home, so she has been working with the kids daily to help continue their education from home. I am still going to work. The system I work for is redeploying us to help cover positions in the hospital system associated with the clinic. My current new normal is working half of what I normally work. The other half of the time, I am on a redeployment list and can be called to work anywhere within the medical system that we are a part of. So far, I have only been called up to work a staff entry while on duty at the entrance, 
I was responsible for checking any staff member who enters the medical center. We have adapted to the ever-changing situation and will continue to do what we have to in order to keep our children safe and provide stability in these unstable times. On top of my changing work schedule and locations, I also do all the grocery shopping or any other essential errands that need to be taken care of. This is to try and prevent unnecessary exposures to my wife and kids. I am at low risk for exposure, so I take precautions. I get undressed in my garage and put my clothes directly into the washing machine. I leave my shoes outside. I then go directly to the bathroom and take a shower. Once I've showered, I then interact with my family as normal. For now, things are quiet in Fort Worth. Most people have cut down on their out-of-house activities. I think the hope here is that we can return to normal soon. Several small businesses have already closed their doors permanently. It's been sad seeing these local shops close from all of this. I just pray for healing for all of those affected by this virus and healing for our nation. Bonjour. My name is Virginia Vogel, and I am a descendant of the Godfrey and the Bergeron families. I currently live in Egan, Minnesota, which is about 15 minutes south of St. Paul. I am the American Indian School Success Liaison in the Lakeville Area Schools in Minnesota. I started at this job two weeks before the outbreak, and I was unbelievably excited about getting into the work when we got the order that schools were closing and to shelter at home. As the new school success liaison in Lakeville, I am part of a wonderful team who cares deeply about the students in the schools. My job includes connecting with the American Indian students and families in the district. I love having the opportunity to use my cultural knowledge to connect with the families and work with staff. So two weeks into my new job, I found myself stuck at home video conferencing once a day with the team and trying to learn about my new job on the fly. I didn't get a chance to start meeting with students, let alone talk to their parents when this all started. Many of the families that I have met have been over the phone. Everything was crisis go mode from my second week on and it has been very stressful. We're all just starting to figure out what our new role will be and on top of it I'm working to get to know the job. It isn't easy to get to know people over the phone. I'm grateful to have such an amazing job at this time and I don't take that for granted. However, people need people, and in helping professions, we feel the loss of connection so, so deeply. I'm eager to get back into the schools to meet my families, work with my students, and work with staff. I am very sad that we just got the order that we will not be able to go back to school until next year. I am also a new mama, and it took a lot of time and energy helping my six-month-old son get into the new routine. My husband and I had just finished up our parental leaves and our son had been at daycare for about two weeks when we both found out that we were going to be staying home. It has been a huge balancing act trying to figure out how to take care of him while also doing our work. It has taken a lot of flexibility and a lot of grace to work things out. Because of this, I can easily relate when I hear that many families in the district are still struggling with distance learning and all of the problems that go along with it, such as the lack of internet, lack of devices, trying to figure out what work needs to get done, and when. The Lakeville District has been tireless in the efforts to reach as many families as possible. 
A lot of the families thankfully still have their jobs, but that poses the same struggle of trying to do work while balancing school. We're doing the best that we can to connect with as many families as possible, but on the other hand, many do not want to admit that they are struggling or need help. As the new person on the team, I'm trying to figure out how to best connect with families who don't know me very well, while also learning what resources are available. So overall, it's still a struggle. I think people are going to be continually and increasingly upset and agitated, feeling unsure and unsettled. I think a lot of our and my job going forward is going to try to be as positive and uplifting as we can. Miigwech, I appreciate you listening. Yes, thank you very much for listening. And once again, thank you for sharing your stories. Now that we've been to California, Minnesota, and Texas, we turn to Europe. In 2018, France was the number one international tourism destination in the world, according to the World Tourism Organization of the United Nations. The government put Paris on lockdown on March 17th, and in mid-May, France had the ninth highest number of cases worldwide. Tribal member Melissa Brown has lived in downtown Paris for two and a half years, a stone's throw away from the Seine River. So we're near Notre Dame. We're in a very touristy area, but right now, obviously, there are zero tourists. Um, So we don't see really anyone out and about. Almost a year before the COVID-19 pandemic, a large fire consumed the cathedral. Construction crews began rebuilding Notre Dame in 2019. However, progress halted for six weeks in early 2020 before resuming at the end of April. I was glad when I when I realized, okay, no one's working on it, and that's a good thing. They're, you know, at home with their families. The government requires residents to fill out a form on either paper or a smartphone app stating their destination and intention before leaving their house. Anyone stopped by police and unable to produce this information faces the consequences. However, in Brown's experience, they are stricter in some communities. Um... In another neighborhood, we heard that a lot of people were out and about, which here we don't see. Maybe we see one person walking down the street at a time. But in another district, people are out and about, walking around with families, you know, kids. Life in the French metropolis is much quieter. The Nedo descendant and her family hear birds chirping through the day, unimpeded by the rumble of traffic. It's particularly noticeable to her husband, Assan, who is from a small French city. Paris right now, it sounds like the countryside when you wake up and you open the doors, because usually we hear buses and cars all the time. We hear the ambulance going up and down the street, but that's it. French culture, especially in Paris, includes spending the majority of time outside. It's normal to have a picnic with a bottle of wine and walk through the park. Before the stay-at-home orders, Brown and her husband longboarded through the city, snapping pictures of street art as inspiration for future endeavors. It's like we're, we're in this city that's meant to be enjoyed, you know, around the river and the parks and everything is, we're not allowed to do those basic things. The government instructed people to stop la bise, a common greeting with a kiss on either side of the face while touching cheeks. It often signifies friendship and familial love. That was like the first thing that it was gone. And they even think that maybe we won't do it anymore. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, that's such a big part of daily life in France is when you see someone, even your colleagues, when you go to work, the first thing you do is 
Brown and her family find moments outside on their small patio. They open their doors thanks to the lack of cars. However, they struggle spending all their time inside. It seems um, just really unnatural to be at home all day and just sitting and not moving and not exercising, you know, not just all the daily movement that we're used to. She and her husband try to remain positive for themselves and their six-month-old daughter, Zoe. They're thankful to spend extra time with her while working from home. So it's been really sweet, and we get to see her, like, roll over for the first time and do a lot of things that we probably wouldn't get to see, you know, firsthand. She works as a teacher, instructing English as a foreign language. She feels comfortable working from home, and it allows her to keep in touch with colleagues and previous students who otherwise would have transferred when she moved. I've been teaching kids around the world, and so I ask them what their experience is. But we try not to focus on it too much, you know, especially for kids. Um, but I have like a student in Israel, an adult, and, and so everyone's in confinement in Hong Kong, in Korea, in um, Israel. In addition to work, Brown and her husband began their dream side business, making handcrafted textiles from beautiful fabrics that show a piece of either of their backgrounds, whether that's her Potawatomi heritage or his Malian ancestry. His goal is to eventually sew clothes. Uh, but right now we're starting with basics, uh, more of like decorative stuff. And I make jewelry, so eventually I want to incorporate jewelry and beading into the pillows and the table runners. It serves as a creative outlet while the vibrant life of Paris is paused. Brown hopes they continue the business for years to come, but the unknown makes for seeing impossible for her family and the streets around them. It's hard to imagine, like, the city bustling again. It's just, it's going to feel really weird, but I don't know what to expect. Read more stories from tribal members around the world in the Haunacon or in the news section of Potawatomi.org. It's time for learning language when CPN Language Department Director Justin Neely teaches vocabulary, songs, stories, and more. Bonjour, Jack. Hello, everyone. So my name is Justin Neely. I'm the Director of Language here at the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. And I just wanted to share a few words and phrases that might be useful during this challenging time with uh, COVID-19. So here's a few different uh, phrases that you might want to know, be able to say. Don't stand too close. Cover your mouth. Cover it. Epich jachamyan. Cover your mouth when you sneeze. Nagoen e gadon epich jachamyan. Zammanak bamadzajuk iba. There are too many people over there. Zammanak bamadzajuk iba. Gazibi ninjin. Gazibi ninjin. Wash your hands. Gazibi ninjin. Gazatkin. Stay home, telling one person. Gajatgen. Gajatguk. You all stay home. 
gajat guk. Gago dog nashikan. Don't touch me. Gago dog nashikan. Don't touch me. Gago dog nashikan. Gago dog nakan o kekyat. Gago dog nakan o kekyat. Don't touch that elder. Gago dog nakan o kekyat. Nasana ezichkeyen. Be careful what you're doing. Nasana ezichkeyen. Nasana gishpen gadizia odanak. Be careful if you're going to go to town. Nasana gishpen gadizia odanak. Nipija ejiayen. Where are you going? Nipija ejiayen. Chondajia singoji. I'm not going anywhere. Chondajia singoji. Wisnadawau gumgok nadajiaman. We're going to the grocery store. Wisnadawau gumgok nadajiaman. Gamegijuk gadabgedna osema. Mina madmoyen. Every day you should put down some tobacco and pray. Gamegijuk gadabgedna osema. Mina madmoyen. Now I'm just going to say each of the words uh, a couple times through so you can hear them one more time. Gago zomnibwe ken beshoch. Gago zomnibwe ken beshoch. Nagoen e gadon. Nagoen e gadon. Nagoen e gadon epich jachamien. Nagoen e gadon epich jachamien. Zammanak bamadzajuk iba. Zammanak bamadzajuk iba. Gazibi ninjin. Gazibi ninjin. Gajatkin, Gajatkin, Gajatguk, Gajatguk, Gago dog in the sheikan, Gago dog in the sheikan, Gago dog in the can, O Kekyat, Gago dog in the can, O Kekyat, Nasana is it skein, Nasana is it skein, Nasana gishpen gedejia odanak, Nasana gishpen gedejia odanak. Nipija ejiayen. Nipija ejiayen. Chondejia singoji. Chondejia singoji. Wisnadawal gumgok nadajiaman. Wisnadawal gumgok nadajiaman. Kamegija gadabagedna osema. Mina madmoyen. Kamegija kamegija gadabagedna osema. Mina madmoyen. And that's it for today. Eel. For more information and opportunities with language, including self-paced classes, visit cpn.news backslash language. You can find an online dictionary at podwatomydictionary.com, as well as videos on YouTube. There are also Podwatomy courses on the language learning app Memrise. Hanukkah Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Our director is Jennifer Bell. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find what you listen to. We're also on Facebook at Citizen Potawatomi Nation and on Twitter at C underscore P underscore N. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at Potawatomi.org. That's P-O-T-A w-a-t-o-m-i dot org. Until next time, I'm Paige Willett. Miigwech nikanek, bamamina.
Thank you, friends. See you later.